Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are looking at the thorny and very important subject area of building a top-down view so that you can make sure your dollars are best placed in the market to capitalize on what is happening now. We're gonna go through a real-time case study to show you exactly how as professional traders we join the dots so that you can learn from the experience we have. See you in the broadcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host Andrew Baxter, and always my faithful companion and outsider, Mitchell Rinchel. Faithful, I'm feeling today, Mr. Big. Thanks for having me. Even though my voice is as husky as it gets, I'm still here excited to chat about what we've got in store today. Good man, so what exactly are we covering today? What are we well, Content director, I know we've been having numerous discussions over the past couple of weeks on forming that top-down approach. So a story, an investment sort of uh, scenario or theme, and then from there an investment strategy, which I know you've got a particular view on a couple of sectors, which is great. Indeed, and I guess this opportunity, we'll start and finish with this as a bookend, this opportunity in the studio today, of course, has been brought around because the ASX is uh, not trading today. Adopt day, absolutely crazy. A data glitch in uh, in the market feeds of, of the quotes and uh, no trading whatsoever. Very interesting and unprecedented. I guess we'll dig into what the history of that might be as we get in. But yeah, what it does do is tee us up for this whole idea of you know thematic or top-down investing. Sure. And this is a really interesting one, which I came across this back in about 1995. Dust off the playbook then. Indeed, dust off the playbook. And the particular firm I worked for in London, uh, every Monday we got rustled into the boardroom, all the traders off the floor, and we'd be exposed and forced to do what we now know as continual professional development, CPD, <laughs> the bane of everyone's life. A uh, very important part of everyone's life sure. in this industry. And, uh, and on this particular occasion, we had a mob in from the US. Uh, and I remember the guy that was presenting, he's a guy called Bob Pratt, and hopefully I, I haven't heard or spoken about Bob for a long, long time. Hopefully he's still with a genius level genius level guy. But the business he worked for was a company called the Williams Inference Center. And what they used to look at is a theme or a, a trend of what's going on in the market. And then they would go away and come back with a portfolio thesis of stocks or sectors specifically to invest in to capitalize on that. And I'll give you an idea of just how ahead of the curve they were. This is back in 1995 and they were calling for the introduction of retail derivatives uh, which turned out to be CFDs. Before CFDs were invented, there were spread bets at the time, uh, and they picked it absolutely early, a couple of years early to get position for that. Very, very smart operator. So that was my my, my sort of first introduction to thematic top-down investing. Nice. Uh, other than what I'd sort of studied at uni and seeing it done firsthand was, was quite something. So that leads us to today. Yeah, what we're looking for with thematic investing is a, is, is a concept, something that's going on, uh, a piece of chunky news, and then a series of thought processes around it to come up with the best place to trade. It's kind of hard to explain that top-down approach. So maybe some practical examples okay. might put it in perspective. Any ideas? Okay, let's go through a couple that we've done over the years. Uh, some people would remember when we had the horse flu, the equine flu sure. outbreak here in Australia. Uh, and what we actually did, obviously equine flu means no horses being moved around for horse racing. So what we actually did, we put on a short trade on stocks like Tapcor because a big chunk of their revenue comes from horse racing. Of course. Great track. Um, so here's a piece of news, no horse racing. Okay, rather than sit back and go, what are we gonna do with our life? Let's find a stock that's not gonna perform on the back of it. Bang, in we go, big profits banked. And that's a, a very simple cause and effect form of investing. Uh, another one more broadly and more recently perhaps would be COVID. Um, you know, all of a sudden, no ability to travel for work, no need to do face-to-face -face meetings, and boom, up comes Zoom. And uh, you know, that's another example of you know, using video conferencing instead of face-to-face, -face, and the share price obviously has just gone ballistic this year on the back of that. So just to reframe that and, and ask some questions, so it kind of starts with the big picture, COVID-19, then the theme, so staying at home being the theme, and then stocks that would profit from 
from that exactly. in Zoom. So it's kind of that top down to like more a funnel. Yeah, so makes total sense. News item, sector, stock. Okay. Mm. Well, one that's this, fun, is, this is not easy. I know this is not easy, but <laughs> say a really good practical example that we've been talking about for really specifically the last four weeks. We mentioned it in one of our podcasts was cybersecurity. And today's market data glitch stresses all the more importance of that. So mm. let's talk a bit about cybersecurity as a top-down trade. Yeah, look, everyone's been locked at home, uh, getting bored, including cyber criminals. <laughs> uh, let's face it, that's the reality. So you know, if you're of that ilk and you're someone that's got a, uh, you know, you're in a criminal enterprise, you're always looking at ways of generating new business. I would sure. guess, just as legitimate business is always looking at ways to strategize and get more online to make sure they uh, don't get caught up in the, you know, the lack of COVID uh, normal operating conditions. Forward looking, right? Forward looking, and so you know, these guys are smart operators, and so the instance of cyber crime, yeah, you know, it's been on quite a significant. Tick up. I mean, we just recently went through, you know, quite a substantial upgrade in all of our cyber security for this reason, um, because ransomware or malware. Just to explain what they are for people. So ransomware is where somebody gets into your system and effectively shuts it down. And there's a good example. It's like it was a Montreal bus service. We've got a uh, an associate within our business who's got a family associate that's employed in that space, and somebody hacked into their system. And hijacked it and said, right, no pay for anybody and no bus time tabling on an accurate basis. Not that buses run on time anyway, uh, and everything that go around goes around that. And you, you're not getting your system back until you've paid us a chunk of that. Uh, and that's an example of ransomware where someone's gone in, locked you out of your system, and said you don't get your business back until you pay us. And could that have happened today on the ASX? We're not exactly sure what's to unfold. We're still investigating. Is that a potential? Look, I think there's the, the, uh, probably maybe not something as, as, as significant as that. Let's hope not. But we're seeing a global spike up in this. Sure. Uh, in this kind of malware where people try and get in and derail your business. And you know, ASX is obviously an extremely data heavy business where you've got by tick pricing moving around on you know, thousands of financial instruments real time. So there's a, there's a huge dependency on robust and, el- and, and accurate data, uh, not just to facilitate your business, but to promote an orderly and fair market, which is the reason why investors you know, get involved in regulated exchanges versus unregulated things, because there is a degree of order to it and robustness and pricing accuracy. And all of a sudden, if that rug gets pulled, that's a huge question mark over the veracity and integrity of your business. That's not important to question ASX, but it is a major reason why people invest in regulated markets uh, to avoid this kind of issue perhaps. Sure. So maybe someone's gone in and hacked or there's been a, uh, maybe it's just a genuine glitch in the data, who knows, but it seems to be a very, very, I, I, I can count on like less than a hand, probably a couple <laughs> of fingers, the number of times in my career when these sorts of things have happened. Obviously, you know, the September 11 attacks and the impact that that had, and, and, and the reason for that was, um, you know, because of the location of the World Trade Center, um, you know, the, the, the New York Board of Trade is effectively almost underneath that. It's actually in World Trade Center 4 or 5, I think. It's just across the road, but it's within rubble falling distance. Sure. Um, and and, and you know, obviously, Wall Street being you know, 150, 200 meters away, there was a very immediate need to shut down the financial um, hub of New York at the time. So there's one example. I think Hurricane... Hurricane Sandy. Sandy, that's right. Hurricane Sandy was another one. We had a couple of days closed in the markets. Yeah. Um, looking domestically here in Australia, it's a pretty rare occurrence. Uh, I think 2011, which is when Tricom or Stonebridge failed to settle on trades. Sure. Uh, but the market was still open for a few hours at the end of that day to squeeze through trade yeah. and settlement. It was pre-market, they shut it down for mm-hmm. about four hours. There was a halt from memory. There you go. Um, 2016, there was a halt as well for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. I believe as well. But it's all small stuff. 
for a whole day, mate. It's uh, it's, it's a big. It's, it's it's big. It's big. So there's more to it than that. And so I guess we'll wait to see what comes out. And that by the time this podcast goes to air, <laughs> this is not going to be breaking news, and it's going to be out there. But this is the sort of immediacy of reaction. You know, we've stepped off the trading floor. We've come in the studio. Let's kick our ideas around as we do when it comes to generating trade ideas. Anyway, just not here in the studio. We'll sit in the boardroom and, and shape it up. But this is a sort of live evolution of taking real-time news and turning it into dollars. Sure. Mm. I guess that's, that really does stress the importance of cybersecurity because if this is a potential security threat from a hack, mm. I mean, you can't help but think this is a brand new growing sector that we really like. Mm. So, for example, why do you think cybersecurity is so important, number one? I know we've touched on how important it is, but why? And number two, what kind of exposure can you get to it? Is it through stocks or ETFs? Okay. so. Most businesses now, obviously not just because of COVID, but just with the evolution of what's gone on, uh, are in either paper-free or attempted paper-free, and it would be nice to be paper-free. Um, see the bill from Office Works every week and you realize that yeah, it's not paper-free. Um, but um, yeah, the reality is a lot of companies, their, their core information is online. You go back to the early days as a stockbroker, you'd have had a, yeah, a Rolodex uh, on your desk with all your client numbers in, or a, or a spreadsheet or a binder with it all written down. Now everything is in, you know, uh, CRM, uh, data management software. So, you know, your data is encrypted and protected, and that's to stop your employees walking off with your database, but it's also to meet the stringent requirements now on, on data privacy, because, you know, the laws on that are pretty strict. So you have your whole architecture of your business is effectively stored digitally somewhere on the cloud. And let's face it, companies like Dropbox, again, a great performer, and we use their services, is about as encrypted as you can have, so it's pretty safe. But nonetheless, they still you know, that, that information is very, very valuable, especially in a business like ours where you know, you're dealing with money. It's extremely important. So you know, that ability to get all your data off of a spreadsheet or a bit of paper and into the cloud is the, the way forward. However, what that's now done is opened the door to a more wholesale form of crime to be able to detect that data as it's loaded up there. So very, very important for companies to be able to protect themselves from that. Equally, if um, your business operates in an online forum, whereby you, like ours, for example, where we send out trade ideas, education and so on, if someone's able to drop the gate on you, on your business, so that your clients can't get access to their service, that's an enormous problem for you. So you'll pay anything effectively to have that gate unlocked so you can get back into your business. You know, it's just no different than somebody you know, putting a big padlock on the front of your shop. No customers are coming in, there's no business. And you say, look, give me 20 bucks, I'll take the padlock off. Effectively, it's the same thing, albeit it won't be $20 and it's online. Sure. So, you know, the, the, the way that business has evolved has meant that the, the nature of that sort of standover tactic has evolved too. So finding uh, an antidote for that really then does open the door for investment opportunities for technology that specializes in uh, being the antidote for that. And I mentioned earlier Dropbox, a very good example of that. We use Dropbox, and I think it's a phenomenal way of, of being able to offsite your data, to keep it safe. You know, you don't have a data recovery center, it's all over the world on the cloud. Now. You can get it from anywhere. Um, you know, and, 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 and things like Time Machine for Mac, where you can go back through on a bi-second basis and restore backups of, of, of what you actually want. The technology has evolved amazingly in that sort of backup space from the old days where you put a USB on or, 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 or disk in and record your stuff into there. So it's amazing. A disk? What's yeah. a disk? Let's not go there. This is, uh, <laughs> this is before your time. So, you know, that side of it's there. But then the, the, the mechanisms for which to protect your business also have to evolve. So what companies specialize in that? Look, there are specific companies out there, but I've always been a, 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 an advocate when it comes to investing. Sometimes it's quite hard to pin the tail on the donkey at the exact right company. Um, and sometimes you're better off stepping out and, and saying, look, because you could, you could be bang on with your view. You might say cyber secure is a place. 
and choose to invest in a company which turns out to be the dud in the sector that gets left behind, sure. all of a sudden your view was right, but you didn't get paid. That's painful when that happens. So instead, sort of opening the jaws of opportunity to make it maybe a safer play, instead of able to identify, and I'm sure you've got a list of some of the companies to look at, instead of specifically the companies, step out and maybe look at an exchange traded fund, which invests in all companies in that cybersecurity space. That way, if there's a bell ringer and a doozy, it's going to even itself out and you're still going to make some coin out of it. And I think in, in, in this, because it's such a broad theme, um, picking a sector is a lot easier than identifying the winner stocks within it. So I think an ETF would be the way to go. You know, there's, we can talk about one on the Aussie market, one on the US to give our followers you know, the opportunity to look at this because sure. you know, they've been good performers. Uh, and they're also looking good value. Absolutely, now before we move on, Amy, just for those who don't know, what is an ETF? Uh, an ETF, good question, is an exchange traded fund. So rather than um, buy a company, it's like saying, look, I've got 10 grand to invest, so I'm 10 grand worth of shares in a company. You buy, it's, it's like a tradable managed fund that sure. just invests in that sector. Can be a very good way of getting diversification. Can be a very specialist way of investing. If you're starting with a lower account balance, can be a good way to get good spread and lower your risk. If you've got a big balance, it can be a very good way of getting you know, very specific sector exposure as well. So effectively, instead of buying uh, a stock, you're buying maybe 30 or 40 different stocks in that sector and just getting a little slice of all of them. Sure, and as we know with cybersecurity, HACK on the ASX, H-A-C-K, yeah. in a particular Great platform. Name. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And then the US rival of that, Cyber, which we've spoken about before, CIBR, yeah. they're up 20% year to date and about 80% over the last five years. So mm -hmm. great performing stocks. Yeah. Looking more domestically here, some of the better performing companies, Whitehawk, WHK, they're up about 850% year to date. Another one, TNT, that's up 130% for the year. Big numbers. The, this is almost afterpay-like performance. Mm, it, look, it is, and, and, and for our listeners, you'd be forgiven to think that you're getting to the dance a bit late and it's all over. The reality is, this is just starting. Um, yeah, the importance of this sector, particularly through the shape and way the economy has changed this year and how business have been forced to operate to cope with the different landscape that we're in now, has meant that this is embryonic. Um, to my mind, as I say, I'm quite conservative, so I'd be more inclined to take the exchange traded fund, uh, just purely and simply so I'm not a one-trick pony in one or two stocks. That said, um, you're not going out on a limb, so the fruit's not as prevalent, so it might be a little bit of a lower kind of return, but probably a safer way of getting there. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's almost, I would totally tend to agree with you there because this is a pretty volatile sector, there's no doubt about it. Looking at the charts at some of these stocks on the ASX, they're all over the shop, albeit with you know insatiable amounts of A lot growth. of lack of liquidity in some of these too. They're quite small, some of the operators. So if you're playing with a decent lift, you, you, you're not going to get set on the trade without moving the price. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to finish off on the broadcast, AB, we've got the ASX data glitch. We've spoken about cybersecurity and the top-down approach. Mm -hmm. How do our listeners or traders start to form their own stories on mm -hmm. the top-down approach and actually get exposure to it? But learning how to create top-down views it's something that just comes with practice, and it's something I think the easiest way to do is learn by osmosis. And I've been teaching this for years, where you know we sit down with our clients and say, right, this is how we're shaping this view up, and we sort of gloss through the process as we talked to this at the start. But it is effectively taking a headline, breaking it apart, and finding the opportunity. That's quite hard to do accurately. Also, it's very hard to do if you don't have confidence in yourself. You know, I knew that was going to happen. Why didn't you trade it? Why didn't you get there? And it was that confidence that's the bridge. So it's not just about knowing this stuff, but it's having the confidence to apply. And that just comes from having that muscle memory, if you will, of, uh, of being in practice and actually doing it, or at least having someone to bounce that idea off so that it can give you that reassuring push to say, yes, you're in the right space, great idea. 
Sure, that's, it gets great advice. So together, I mean, we specialize in teaching this stuff. Uh, no one is saying plug. It's very important for people to get these skills if they want to make decent money. And, and, and look, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I've got a managed fund. I'm sure they're exposed to it. I understand that most managed funds actually underperform the index. They don't even outperform the index, let alone outperform the index on top, which is what we're seeking to do with this kind of strategy. Absolutely. There's such good information in there. And it really does stress the importance of being across your fundamental analysis, because ultimately you're an economist. You know, I'm young in this game as well. I'm super hungry and we live for this stuff, information and finding those little gems amidst the haystack, the needle in the haystack. Needle in the haystack, absolutely. And that's really what it's all about. You know, they don't come along all the time. You can't make a, a career out of this, but when they come along, you've got to jump on them. And well, there you go. Let's hope we get our clients on some really good trades on the back of this. So let's the market's hope, open. Yeah, let's hope the ASX is open <laughs> to be able to trade it. Well, thanks very much, AB. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great broadcast, and thanks for the information. Absolute pleasure, Mitch. Anytime. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to seeing you on next week's show.